When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. SENZ and, uh, yeah, public holiday in New Zealand uh, in memory of Queen Elizabeth II. I know that uh, uh, in the UK they've had, they've had plenty of time off, but I, I understand, Ben, uh, Ransom from Sky Sports UK, there wasn't a lot to do when you had your time off because everything was shut. G'day, mate, how are you? Yeah, good day. Yeah, it was a bit like that. Um, Ten days of official mourning, obviously, leading up to the uh, funeral itself. What was that, a week ago now? Um, And yeah, exactly that. So everyone got the Monday off, and um, you can understand why the viewing figures were so high for the burial. Yeah, exactly, with nothing else to do. I've got got a mate living in Leeds who said, uh, had the day off. He's not a royalist by any stretch of the imagination, an Australian, actually. And he was like, even the pubs were shut till five. He didn't know what to do with himself. He ended up going for a walk. Oh, goodness me. I mean, that's bad, isn't it, if it comes to that? <laughs> There's a bit of mourning still going on down here, Ben, with uh, the lost Joe Parker up against Joe Joyce yesterday. What's the what's the reaction uh, in the media up there today of Joe Joyce's win? I think um, the reaction largely has been that uh, I think people think that Joyce now has kind of announced himself in that kind of elite bracket. I got the pleasure of spending a bit of time with both fighters last week. I saw them at the uh, open workout. I saw them again at the weigh-in. Both were obviously going into fight extremely confident. I think Joe Joyce always recognised him. I mean, he told me as much that it was going to be the most difficult fight of his career to date. It was a step up in terms of class when you consider the sorts of opponents that Joseph Parker has been in with. Um, And I think really he probably proved any doubters uh, wrong. I think he boxed very well. I mean, it's not just the kind of power that he brings. It's not just that granite chin that we speak so much about. I think he boxed very well because we know the talent that Joseph Parker's got. And we also know that he's been working with Andy Lee, Tyson Fury to add a bit more power. And yet when he did land and they were few and far between, weren't they? The, The big shots that he managed to land on Joe Joyce, Joyce was completely unmoved. And actually the fact that he managed to land so few surprised a lot of people. I think that's a testament to Joyce's boxing skill. Yeah, I mean, that was the thing we were looking at here. Obviously, everybody was on the Parker bandwagon here, Ben, but uh, Joyce 
he does look slow, and he, he, he and and I was like, oh, he just walks forward, and he's 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 he, there's no speed about him, you know. So surely uh, Joseph Parker's you know faster hands and more mobility is, uh, are, are going to get him home here. That's what we thought, but really, I, I don't think you can understand the relentlessness of Joe Joyce walking forward unless you're on the end of it. That's it. I mean, we always thought Parker, certainly the conversations I had ahead of this fight was that Parker, where he might struggle is because Joyce would be relentless for 12 rounds. Now, you're right. His boxing skill, his speed, you thought would probably bank a few rounds early. Where in actual fact, I think Joyce started probably a little bit quicker than maybe Parker and his team were expecting. So then once we got to the point where it was fairly level after you know four, five, six rounds, it was always going to be tricky because Joyce is just putting pressure on three minutes every round in your face, pushing you back, pushing you back. Occasionally on the back foot, Parker was able to, to land, particularly the right hand, caught him a couple of times. But Joyce, I thought, boxed very well. It was, a, it was an, an impressive um, tactical display. And yeah, look, I mean, it just shows how resilient he is. And I think it will be fascinating now to see where he goes from here. Obviously, now he's the WBO interim champion. That means that essentially he's the mandatory for Alexander Usyk whenever that fight may come around, whenever Usyk's fit to resume his fighting career. But equally, you know, there are big fights out there now for Joyce because realistically he has to go in with a Wilder, a White, an AJ even. You know, they're the guys that he should be mixing with as he continues this quest for a world title. And what about Joseph Parker, um, Ben? Where does he go to now? What it, the, Has there been conversation about him looking a little bit sluggish in the bigger body? And, and of course, uh, after this fight, whether or not he s- sticks around in the game? I mean, I, I don't think there's any question that he'll stick around. And the reason I say that is because he is still an elite fighter and that he's kind of, I think he's almost taken on the role of gatekeeper for the kind of top two or three guys. He's been in with them. And he's clearly a, a certain level, but obviously he's fallen just short every time he's come up against, a, you know, an AJ or that kind of a calibre of fighter. So I think he, he's kind of filling the, the role that Paulie Malanagi used to play in that division uh, maybe 10, 15 years ago when uh, Ricky Hatt and Naomi Khan were coming through. I remember that Malanagi was the, the fighter that all those fighters had to beat to step on and then try and win a world title. Well, he's kind of in that bracket. But what also about, to say about Parker? He's only 30. He's still got time on his side. And I actually think the heavyweight division is going to change quite a lot in the next few years. Now, Tyson Fury, I mean, how long he's going to go on for, I don't know. But he's not motivated by anything other than the fact that he wants to probably settle a grudge with AJ and probably become undisputed. I can't see him fighting much further along than that. Usyk himself at heavyweight, I mean, how much does he want to prove? He's done what he's want, he, he always wanted to do, become champion. Does he have a go at unifying and becoming undisputed? If he does that, great. If not, which, you know, if it's up against Fury, you'd say it'd be very, very difficult. Where does he go? And then suddenly you've got Joyce. Um, you've got, other, you know, Dillian White still hovering around, in and around it. You've got people like Fraser Clark and others coming from along a bit further back. Deontay Wilder's coming back in again. But again, age is not on their side. Whereas for Joseph Parker, given all of his experience at 30, he's still got plenty of time to regroup and go again, I think. Uh, ben, we also had the uh, Super League Grand Final uh, this weekend as well, and we saw Christian Wolf lead St Helens to a fourth straight title. Man, what a coach he is, and what a loss for St Helens uh, it's going to be when he heads down uh, to the NRL to be with Wayne Bennett at the Dolphins. But, I mean, uh, that really is dynasty-type stuff, isn't it, the way that the uh, the Saints put the Rhinos away? Yeah, I mean, it's been quite incredible. Um, lots of talk over the last 24, 48 hours about whether this is 
the greatest Super League side we've ever seen. Um, and it's hard to argue when you consider the numbers, given that no team's ever won four consecutive titles in a row. St. Helens and Leeds have both done it three times going into this weekend. Well, St. Helens proved their quality. People like James Roby, Johnny Lomax, again, leading from the front. And look, Christian Wolf's done a great job since he's come here. Remember, he came in, he took over the champions because they were, they'd already won uh, before he arrived. And then to win three consecutive titles off the back of that in his time here is just an amazing tenure. Obviously, he's a big loss to Super League. Going back to the NRL, we're going to very much miss him. But a real quality coach. And testament to the group that he's built. Um, he is going to miss, obviously, working with this group. And, you know, he, it's going to be a different role, isn't it? It's going to be strange having been head coach, having been the main man, having had so much success to step in, albeit alongside a great in Wayne Bennett. Um, a slightly different role. But, I mean, he's got nothing left to achieve, I suppose, in this part of the world. But we all do harbour hopes that one day he may well come back. It wasn't a bad run, though, was it, Ben, from the Leeds Rhinos coming coming from further down the ladder to get through the, the final? They just, couldn't, they just couldn't kick the final goal. Exactly that. I mean, look, they came from absolutely nowhere. I mean, go back to mid-April before Rowan Smith actually took over. They were struggling right at the bottom of the table. When he did finally arrive in kind of the middle of May, it took, even then, they, it was all about turning their season around and making sure they were in contention. So to get into the playoffs and then to get to a grand final was a remarkable achievement in itself. And the way that he transformed that group um, was pretty remarkable. And of course, his story goes on he'll have learned a hell of a lot about his players and about the group this season and next year given that St Helens are obviously going to have to have a new coach and given that there's always a bit of change and a bit of flux it's it certainly would seem to be an opportunity and then you know there were there were times in that match on Saturday night at Old Trafford where you felt the Ryaners if they could have just got another score they were right in it uh, in particular in that second half when they had a real good go at trying to come back into it before St Helens scored their fourth try and it was kind of pretty much all over that was a really good game, and they, they gave a really good account of themselves. And as you say, considering where they were just a matter of months ago, it's a pretty remarkable story. Yeah, and you've, you look at the uh, the influence of the Australians, especially uh, in the coaching ranks. You had Justin Holbrook, Daniel Anderson before him, obviously Christian Wolfe with St Helens, and Rowan Smith, who was coaching with the Warriors with me down here back in 2005, Um doing a wonderful job. Who's the next St. Helens coach off off the... Uh, is it another Australian coming up there to coach them? That's a great question and not one I know the answer to. I was um, I was more concerned with uh, with Christian Wolfe and his final kind of hurrah and whether he'd be crying mm. into his beer this weekend. Um, I'll have to check that. Yeah, it was... Look, we're all waiting for him to come down here. He's just done a wonderful job with Tonga. Just before we um, move on, what about the World Cup? You know, it's coming up to England. You've Obviously, Christian Wolfe... Uh, he'd done such a, a good job with the Tongans. You've got uh, the likes of Conrad Harrell, who's playing for St. Helens, and a number of uh, Pacific Islanders up there through that competition. What, what are England expecting out of the, the World Cup this, uh, this coming uh, month? It is, I think, in October when it kicks off, October the 13th. Yeah, um, yeah middle of next month. So, um, I mean, there's always hope, but there's, a, there's, a, there's always a kind of reality check when it comes to World Cups that... England have always traditionally been kind of third, um, always kind of just been off the pace of the Aussies or the, or the New Zealanders, of course. So I think that there, there is hope and that there's still a lot of talent. I mean, look, we, we're waiting to see whether, for example, Johnny Lomax is going to be fit enough to, to feature. But we all hope so, given what he achieved for St. Helens, particularly the back end of this campaign. There are some good, talented young players that have come through as well and kind of announced themselves in Super League this year. Um, 
Jack Welby, a player that kind of springs to mind there, for example. So there's lots of people that have put their hands up and had good seasons, but it's going to be tricky. It always is, just because the quality that comes up, because it's always the reality check. It always happens, doesn't it, when we have the Super League against NRL kind of showdowns where we, we think we have these these dynasties, these great players, we have a chance, and then when it comes to 80 minutes against one of the sides from down under, it suddenly becomes a little bit more difficult and it looks like a different game. But... Of course, the fact that this World Cup's been kind of delayed and postponed and pushed back to now, the fact that the Super League season has just ended, hopefully, hopefully, it means that we've got England players that are raring to go. Hopefully, it means we've got some England players in form. And provided they can get some, you know, we don't have too many fit- fitness issues, then I'd say that England's got a very good chance again. Certainly, semi-finals has got to be the aim. And potentially, then, it's just trying to get over the line and get into the final. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that World Cup plays out. Samoa Tonga looking very strong as well. Uh, ben, before we let you go, got to ask about your football team. Um, has the bottom dropped out of the uh, waistcoat share, share price um, now um, with uh, with that loss to the Italians? Uh, nobody's wanting to copy the Gareth Southgate look. Oh, it's, uh, it's really interesting, actually. There's been a bit of a sea change around these last few games and actually this week amongst the, the written press in particular because obviously he's done a tremendous job. You can't argue with the results of the last two major tournaments. Semi-final of a World Cup, going ahead and narrowly losing and finishing in that third, fourth playoff. And then going to the final of the Euros and losing only on penalties. I mean, it's been a fantastic achievement when you consider that English football really, on an international stage, was in the doldrums for a decade between kind of 2000 and well after 2006 so 2007 to 2016 it was pretty ropey so he's done fantastically well but what I will say is that now five games without a win I can't remember that ever happening Um, I know the games technically are more difficult these days because the Nations League means that the calibre of opposition you come up against are teams that are much more competitive I mean only this week look at Italy and then Germany who we're playing tomorrow they're tricky games right so the international calendar has changed a bit, but you would have expected England to get something out of uh, something more, I should say, out of the last five games. The problem, I think, at the minute is that people are starting to question this safety-first approach. Gareth Southgate's always been very much try and be solid at the back, did it in the Euros to great effect, and then try and win maybe one, maybe nick two goals. But we're not creating the chances and we're not scoring the goals at the moment. So, as I say, in the written press there, for the first time is a split. There are those who now are saying, look, You've done a great job, but you should be doing better. Is it time for a change? And there are others that are saying, look, given everything I've just said, given the success he's had, he deserves a bit of credit in the bank. So it's a really interesting conversation. It means there's huge pressure on that game against Germany, which in the Nations League is is a glorified friendly, certainly for both these two teams, because neither can win the group. Germany lost to Hungary last time out, so they can't win. But England have already been relegated. It means that essentially there's nothing to play for in that sense except pride. But it is the last game that England will have before they turn up at the World Cup. So it is important in that sense. It's important from a morale point of view. And it's important for Southgate, I think, to get a response from his players. Yeah, good stuff, Ben. Hey, listen, thanks very much for coming on and having a chat on uh, what is your Sunday evening, mate. Really appreciate it. Go well, and we'll catch up with you soon, eh? Pleasure as ever. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Cheers, Uh, Ben Ransom from Sky Sports UK. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.